I would say DMB On Demand is a platform to bring people together. You have podcasts where you're hearing directly from the fans about what the songs mean to them and about their lives. You have this amazing art through the song of the day. You have this merchandise store with great lyric art and other art. Um, I would say it's a platform for bringing people together. And there's so many possibilities for it, like the live streams that are being planned and all that stuff. I think it's a way to bring people together. Hey everyone, uh, welcome to DMB On Demand, the podcast. My name is Andrew and I'm glad you're here. My goal through this podcast is to bring DMB fans closer together by sharing how the music has affected us all, both in good times and bad. Each week, I'll share a personal story that the music we all know and love has had an impact on. I'll also bring on a guest in each episode to explore their high tides and low tides and how the music relates to those experiences. This episode is going to be a little bit different as I'm going to answer the questions that the guest will face each episode so that we can get to know each other just a little bit. Following that, I'm going to bring on our first guest, Jesse. Jesse is a bright young man that was born and raised on DMB and has a story to tell that will leave you inspired. I'll end today's episode with a bit of news about the brand. So thanks for giving us a listen and welcome to the best of what's around. Welcome to DMB On Demand. I want to start off with giving a little bit of context regarding DMB On Demand and what we do. Each day on Twitter and Facebook, I send out the song of the day. I take a song and break it into segments, create custom artwork for it, and publish it 8 to 12 times per day. The goal is to give people little DMB bumps throughout the day so they get the boost that they need. You can find us on Twitter at DMB On Demand and most social platforms at DMB On Demand. Using my skills as a graphic designer, I also help build Twitter profiles, cover designs, social media packets for the DMB family who's active on Twitter. I also have an online shop that I run, dmbondemand.com. The shop has custom DMB designs and merch and apparel. These designs are centered around the lyrics and song titles that we all love. I do personalization on the designs as well, names, dates, lyrics, whatever you want. I'll dive deeper into the brand's past, present, and future on a future episode. I want to share with you how we came about setting up this podcast. The idea started when I went to my first Dave Matthews show at the Gorge in 2019. I know, I know, I'm a latecomer, but I've been to the Gorge. I can say that. It was amazing. It felt like it felt like an entire family, like one one heart, an entire family, and I just wanted to get to know every single person there, I'd get to know their story, 
good times, bad times, what music has affected them, what, what brought them there. And during night two, there was a moment where I kind of stepped outside of myself and I looked at these thousands of people all caught up in this rapture of joy. And I wondered, you know, what brought them here? Had they also had lonely nights and, and broken hearts with the music serving as a soundtrack? Have they also had you know, keystone events in their life, those benchmark days, and the music was playing as a soundtrack? Certainly, this is the case for most of us, and I think that shared experience is worth digging into. That way we can see just how much we have in common as a family. And if we begin to see the bond between us, then perhaps the bad days won't be so bad. If we can remind ourselves of what binds us together, the music, perhaps we can be kinder, more gracious, and giving. So that's what I want to explore here in each episode of DM Beyond Demand. Hopefully you'll join me and we'll learn a little bit about ourselves and the music that ties us together. So the questions that I'll answer today are the same questions I'll ask our guest each episode. They are, what's your favorite lyric and why? What's your favorite song and why? What's your favorite venue and why? What does the DMB community mean to you? What's the best moment in your life that the music has shaped in the moment or given context to when looking back? And what's the worst moment in your life that the music has shaped in the moment or given context to? when looking back. So those are the questions and topics that will be addressed each episode. And I'm going to jump in and answer them myself. So my favorite song is number 27. A little bit of context. For nearly my whole life, I've suffered from undiagnosed bipolar disorder type 2. It's the lesser of the two, but you know, from age eight and on, I was living with it and didn't even know it. So as a young man, and when I say young, I, I mean young, eight years old maybe, uh, I was living with that inner chatter, that negative thought loop. Uh, it, it was just constant in my head and I, I couldn't get a handle on it. And because I couldn't get a handle on it and I had no sense of, of normalcy, I didn't know what was up and what was down, I was conflicted with myself at all times and so I acted out any way I could. I mean, lying, stealing, just constantly in trouble, just wild. And every time I was asked why, I didn't know why. Jesus, I wanted to know why, because if I understood why, then I could stop. It's not like a kid wants to do these things. It's not like you wake up and decide to, to be this horrible person. You don't want that for yourself, but it's there. So anyway, there was always this constant struggle that I, I couldn't get my, I couldn't get out of my head. And I remember vividly one day waiting for the bus outside and it was snowing in the middle of winter four inches on the ground, four more coming, the wind was blowing, it was hitting my face, wasn't good. And I had headphones in, and I thought I'd heard Everyday Matthew's song, but number 27 came on for the first time, 
and I don't cry often, but it made me cry, I mean sobbing. For the first time in my life, somebody told me, hey, it's okay to have conflict. It, it's okay. You have to call it what it is, and you have to get yourself on the right path, you know, that leads to your grave, but it, it's okay. And in that moment in time, with that song, I felt okay being myself. That is the one of the biggest gifts I've ever had in my whole life. And because of that, number 27 is going to be my favorite song until the day I die. Next up is what is your favorite lyric and why? My favorite lyric comes from Warehouse. It's right when Warehouse peaks. There's this room a guy's in and he's a little frightened and frustrated and towards the middle of the song this room starts to shake and rise and lift off the ground and it finally makes its way up to God. And the first thing the man says to God is, that's our blood down there and it seems poured from the hands of angels. I mean, wow. You meet God face to face and there's no questions, there's no, you're holding him accountable. Maybe getting him to fix it or at least give us some context while the fucked up stuff going on. That's a pretty powerful line. That's our blood down there. And it seems poured from the hands of angels. And then, I mean, following that up, I may misquote it, but uh, it goes on to say, nothing seems good enough to stay, so I'm going away. So now you're willingly choosing to leave the face of God and getting back down to earth here and putting some work in to try to clean up all of this blood that angels have poured down and make some sense of this warehouse in your life. I don't even know how a man thinks of this story, let alone write it, let alone sing it. It's just so vivid every time I hear it, and I never stop being in awe when I think about that face-to-face -face meeting with God and what was said, and then to make the decision to get back down here and get to work. It's just amazing. There's no other way to put it. It's stunning. It's just, yeah. So that's my favorite lyric. So the next topic is to pick a moment, a low moment in your life and kind of describe how Dave Matthews Band music either impacted that moment then and there or gave context to that moment while looking back. So a little bit of a backstory for this one. As I shared, I was living with undiagnosed bipolar disorder and acting out ever since I was a child and, and that I didn't do the same things when I was an adult but I did act out still and burnt more bridges than you could ever imagine. Family burnt bridge cut off 
friends, burnt bridge, cut off. All the resources that were available, burnt bridge, cut off. So I was homeless for the fourth time in my life. And I'm in my early 20s still. I'm still pretty young. You gotta understand what it means to be homeless. There's no family you can go crash with. You burnt that bridge. There's no friend you can go crash with. You burnt that bridge too. You can try to go in and make use of the resources available, but you've probably already tried to manipulate that too. So you have nothing. Your whole life comes down to what you can fit into a backpack. That's it. And at this moment in my life, well, I was staying downtown Indianapolis at a shelter and I met a friend. Well, first of all, the people who are in a shelter, a homeless shelter, I know a lot of people will think they're just addicts they, or they're drunks or they made shit decisions. And, and hey, yes, there are those people there, no doubt about it. But let me tell you who else is there. There's guys who have worked at the same job for 20 years and then they got laid off and now they can't get hired anywhere because they don't have any relevant experience. They're full of people who went through a, a bad divorce and at the end of it were out on their ass and had nothing to their name. And the most tragic is that they're full of the mentally ill. In Indianapolis, we had a state mental hospital shut down shut it down and they got maybe 20% of the people transferred to other facilities. For the rest of them, it was open the gate, pat them on the butt and say, good luck. And when that happened, the homeless shelters flooded, flooded with the mentally ill. And there are no resources there for that. So they end up doing what most mentally ill people do is somehow, some way they get arrested and, and now they're behind bars for their mental illness. So the point is there's all sorts of people at a shelter and I had one person that I was really close with and we would sit out on the back little patio area thing they had each night and listen to Dave Matthews band. I had a splitter so we both could plug our headphones in. We sit out there and listen and you know it was one of the best views of the Indianapolis skyline for this place. And the dichotomy there, like, we have this amazing view, but we have to be homeless and without any sort of resources and no people in our life. We can only have what we can carry. So we had this great view, but I mean, the price for that view is a price that I wouldn't want anybody to have to pay. But that's one of the worst moments of my life, that stretch. But, you know, DMB every night, it was my therapy. And frankly, I don't know if I would have made it out of that period of my life, or at least made it out with my heart intact, if it weren't for Dave Matthews Band. And I'm sure there's quite a few people who have had a similar experience. And, you know, that's what this is all about is to share our experiences and get to know that we're more alike than we are different. And in those times when you're at your low, you weren't alone, even if it felt like it. There were others, hundreds, thousands of others, who were listening to the same soundtrack and feeling some of the same things. And that's going on everywhere at any time. 
And that's what we're trying to explore here. So that was the worst experience. Now let me flip and we're gonna talk about the, the best experience of my life. Without a doubt, hands down, it's my wedding. By this time, I've already stabilized mentally, um, had a good career going, and I, had, I was living a productive and healthy life, which I still am today. And I was just trying to pay back the karmic debt that I put on my back through years of, of poor, poor choices made in part because of the disorder. But I had made amends you know, with everybody that I could. Most people were open to it. Some people wanted nothing to do with me. And hey, you know, okay, I've tried. But I made amends and I found the best woman I have ever known. And somehow I managed to get her to marry me. Me. <laughs> so during the reception, there were these moments where I looked around and felt the full reality of just how lucky I was. So damn lucky. The same friends that I had hurt over the years or that had drifted away, there. Same family that I burnt bridges with and lost contacts with, there. The one woman I wanted to spend the rest of my life with, there. And in the background, I would hear a DMB song every 10 songs or so. And to this day, those specific songs send me back to that day every time I hear them. Uh, they remind me that as of that day, that day, I had made it out in one piece and managed to somehow gain the whole world in the process. The final topic is to discuss what being a part of the DMB family means. For me, I feel fortunate to be able to see authentic love shown through actions first and words second. There's a core group that has nothing but pure love without motive and brings in anyone that's seeking to carry that same flag. Being part of the community or the family feels like a privilege and I try as best as I can to put everything I have into helping that family come together and grow as one single unit. More than anything else, being a part of the DMB family means endless support. I have never ever seen a group of people in any capacity rally around each other during times of need. Without bias, we are the best fan base out there. The best family, hands down. And I'm grateful to be a part of it. You know, from time to time, you meet fellow Dave Matthews Band fans, and however you happen to meet them, whether it be at a show or through Twitter, you get to know them a little bit, and then all of a sudden, you have a lifelong friend. You have a relationship, 
that is sometimes deeper or more real than the people that you know in everyday life. And our guest today is one of those friends. His name is Jesse Buckman. Uh, met Jesse on Twitter. We talked back and forth a little bit and he stuck out from the crowd by how he approached things and, and who he is. A little bit about Jesse. He is born and raised on DMB. His parents instilled the love for the music in him at a young age. And he's sort of in a renaissance right now, rediscovering the band. He is unassuming, but amazingly strong. He's kind and sensitive, very responsible for a young man. He's appreciative and intelligent. Most of all, he's not afraid in the least to be vulnerable when others may find it difficult to do so. So, we'll bring Jesse on and get going with this week's questions. Jesse, thanks again for coming on. And if you could just start off by giving us a brief bio on you, just round us out as to who you are as a person, things you enjoy, what you want to do. I know you're in school right now. Maybe speak on that a little bit and just let the folks get to know you for a little bit before we jump into the questions. Hi, everybody. I'm Jesse. You might recognize me from Twitter. I'm very active on there. I'm probably the youngest, possibly the youngest member of the DMB family, probably one of them. I'm 21. I'm in my final year of college, so senior year, graduate this May with a degree, bachelor's degree in communication. Um, I kind of followed more of my minor, which is English, because I'm looking at grant writing, which involves working for nonprofit organizations and kind of helping them obtain funding for the programs that they are looking for. So kind of an example of that, I'm an intern right now at our local Boys and Girls Club, and I've written two grants to help the children obtain funding for their summer programs which helps them with free meals for those who can't afford it, um, programs to stop summer learning loss, which is, there's a lot of data that shows that children lose a lot of what they learned over the school year, over the summer, when they don't have that reinforcement. So it's a wonderful organization. I love working for them. And I'm looking to pursue that when I do graduate. So hopefully that goes well. That's fantastic. So I was wondering, maybe can you elaborate a little bit more about your aspirations there? I mean, that's a that's a pretty noble pursuit that you're on. Um, and I'm just curious to know a little bit more about it, especially what drives you and, and what pushes you into that mindset. Uh, I find that to be very, very admirable and just want to know more. So I've always kind of had a skill in writing. It was something I noticed from an early age where I would in eighth grade, I was writing 250-page novels, and I didn't know what to do with the writing I had. While most kids were playing video games, I was writing zombie books and all this other amazing stuff. And I just found that socializing has not always been easy for me. Um, and while most people were doing that and having friends, I would be refining this skill of writing. And it would allow me to speak when I could not in person. I could write things, beautiful things that I would never be able to say to another person in person. Um, that's kind of why I 
decided on a communication major instead of English because I wanted to refine both of my skills in speaking and writing to kind of balance it out. Um, I kind of went through high school and college having no idea what I was going to do. I was a nursing intern at one point in high school. Um, I was taking psychology classes. It was I was a psychology major at first, and then I switched majors a few times. Um, but I always knew that that writing skill was there, that I could fall back on it if I needed to, that I could pursue it and use it. And it was actually a couple months ago. So I'm in my senior year of college. I still don't know what I want to do. And I just researched English careers, writing careers. And I found grant writing, and it looked really interesting because I have this writing skill, but I don't just want to write random things. I don't want to be a journalist. Reporting news is good, but I wanted to dig deeper into lives and working with people. And I discovered the nonprofit world and grant writing and that connection where what you write is so important because it could be the difference between children having a summer camp and not having a summer camp. You know, the difference between providing meals for children who really need them and not having the funding to get those meals. And to me, the idea of being that force for good and using something that I know I'm good at and that gives me confidence to help other people, I think that's really my driving force and that's what's guiding me. Wow, that's, that's impressive to say the least. Especially at your age to be that honed in on your craft and wanting to use it to help people instead of just chasing a dollar is admirable. So I have a question. If you if money weren't an issue, you didn't have to worry about bills, anything like that, what would you do with your time? How would you how would you fill it up? I think that's one of the reasons I'm kind of following grant writing because it's never been about money for me in my life. It's always been about what can I do? I mean, everybody wants to be able to pay their bills. Everybody wants to be on a solid footing in the world. Um, and my drive has just been people. My drive has been helping people. It doesn't matter to me how much money I have. What matters to me is that I've been on this earth and I've met people. And if I can go into the light at the end of my life with a whole novel's worth full of names of people that I've impacted, that I've changed, that I've helped in some way, no matter what it is, then to me, I will have been successful. So I think I would be exactly on the path I am now and making sure that I fill that book up as much as possible with people I've helped. Let's jump into the first of the four questions. First question is, what's your favorite song? And you know, I would also like you to go into why it's your favorite song, but especially after what we've just heard, I would be interested to see what you thought of the actual lyrics of that song, seeing as how you're a writer. I think your perspective might be a little bit different than anybody else, and that's worth sharing. So, uh, what's your favorite song, and why, and your thoughts on the lyricism? So, my favorite song is Bartender. And it was probably one of the ones I rediscovered when I rediscovered DMV, one of the first ones I rediscovered. And it's a very simple song. There's no 
it's not super long with intricate lyrics and all these different things. It's very simple. And it just builds from this very steadiness. I actually had the opportunity to write about Bartender for a paper I did, I think two years ago, in a persuasive communication class where we had to pick a song and write about why it's powerful and how it persuades a meaning. And I think Bartender is just so beautiful in that where you have these horns that are constantly just going off in the background like they're looming. And you have this man singing his heart out, sometimes softly, sometimes just long, bellowing yells of pain. And he's speaking to his family like he's saying that he needs to be redeemed, that he wants to live this life. That this gold that could be upon him, he doesn't want it to change him. He doesn't want it to become his life. And I just really relate to that song and the way it is so apologetic, yet so strong. Where you're reaching out to people you may have wronged, family members, friends. But you're also carrying yourself and acknowledging that you will do better and have a better life. And then that outro, it just does not get any better than that outro. And the way there's different lyrics every time. But the constant music. Boyd's violin, Roy's horn, or Jeff's horn. It's just so beautiful to me. And I think it's always stuck out as a song that I could listen to forever if I needed to. Okay, moving right along. What is your favorite lyric? And why is it your favorite lyric? So my favorite lyric is, every day should be a good day to die, from You Never Know. It's something that the first time I heard it, I knew I wanted it to drive me and drive my life. Because back in high school and in college, in those times where I, would, I knew I had this writing skill, and I just was, I spent so much time wondering what I was going to do. I spent so much time saying to myself, someday I'll find it, someday I'll be there. Someday I'll reach this place where I'm really living. And I let the days just go by and by, kind of like a zombie, never really focusing in on anything, never achieving things, but never really appreciating that I was achieving things. Not appreciating the wonder that I was getting these wonderful things, these awards for my writing. But I would always say, okay, it can get better, you know, it'll be better. I would never focus in on it. And if I had heard that lyric back in high school, I think I would have taken things more slowly. And I think I would have understood that I should be enjoying every day. Because we don't think about death every day. It's not something that impacts us. But if we can think that every day we should be in a good place and so appreciative of being alive that we could be ready, I think that's just beautiful. So do you have any favorite venues? And if you do, why is that your favorite venue? So the Xfinity Theater in Hartford was the first DMB show I went to last year. It's my only full DMB show that I've been to so far. But I loved being on the lawn and being around so many people. Um, there was even a moment where I saw a father and a young son dancing to Warehouse together. And it just made me think about my own childhood. And it was a really special experience to be there that day. So earlier I talked about the DMB family. Uh, these people that we meet at shows or talk to online that we form strong relationships with. And that's kind of our situation. So 
what I'd like you to do is just break down what it means to be part of the DMB community, what it means to you personally, and the impact it's had on your life. I have found the DMB family to be just immensely supportive. I've had loves with other bands before, The Doors, um, Neil Young as a singer, um, Mumford & Sons as a more modern band, but I've never been able to find a community that has come together so much as the DMB family does, and I've met so many people through that. And I was at when I was at my lowest point just last month, the day after I lost someone very special, lost a relationship I really cared about, I knew that the people I needed to hear support and love from was the DMB family. And I reached out just expecting a couple people to say, oh, we're here for you, we understand, we know the relationship. And I had hundreds of people coming out and people I that didn't even follow me that were going to be new friends in my life just commenting words of wisdom and hope and close friends sending me some videos concert vids 34 sent me this wonderful video that i will never forget that was so special and i know you sent me so many things and always checked in on me which was really special dmb mamas was so lovely everybody was in their own way so even if i didn't mention your name just know that i i love every single one of you you've all been magical and supportive and wonderful I guess I should kind of talk about what happened a little bit and expand on that just as a way to talk about it where I only kind of announced that I never spoke more about it. So my partner suffers from bipolar depression. It's something she didn't know she had until a couple months ago. And it's been really difficult for her because we're long distance. So I was not always there to help and hold and care for when I needed to be. And I, we were together for two years and I kind of let that slide a little bit where I wasn't exactly focused on helping as much as I should have been. So she decided that we needed to be on a break and I, I understood that. I knew it was gonna be difficult for a while. I didn't know what the future was gonna hold if if we were going to get back together, if she was going to go off and disappear. We kind of had our separate ways for um, maybe one to two weeks. And then she came back and we started speaking. And we are speaking now. We're not together right now. But she is doing so much better. She told me that while the relationship was strong, and we I do believe we were strong, she was not happy with her personal life and how she was handling things. And she didn't want to rely on the relationship to fix everything in her life, which is completely understandable. And having that time away to not have to worry about taking care of each other was something that was important for her. And I think important for myself as well. And we're speaking now and looking at things in a different light. We're still talking about possibly getting back together in a few months. It won't be right away. It'll be after we've taken the time to really rebuild and talk to each other and make sure that she's doing better and has accomplished what she needed to accomplish. Because neither of us wants to go back into things and still have that pain of needing to be stronger in our personal life as well as the relationship. 
but things are looking up. I still love her dearly. I know she loves me dearly, and yeah, we're we're looking at things right now. So it's that. See, folks, just like I said, vulnerable but strong. It was a great share. Thank you, Jesse. So earlier, I talked about my lowest point, and now I'm going to ask you to do the same. I want you to pick a moment in your life, a low point, and tell me how the Dave Matthews Band impacted it at that time, or how it gives that situation some context when looking back. So, back in high school, I was with my first love for three years. And we kind of lost our way as we both entered college and we realized that we had to go our separate ways. And it was my first real experience of grief and heartache to that extent. And I was down for a long time. And around that time was when I rediscovered Dave Matthews Band after not listening to them for years since my childhood, which I'll get into more after. Um, and as I slowly re-immersed myself in these songs I found so damn lucky and obviously it's a song about that Dave wrote about his wife and about how he's lucky that she got into a separate car and didn't get into an accident with him when someone hit him in the passenger side of his car from what I've read um, and I heard the lyric so damn lucky that you went on ahead and knowing what that story is about for me it hit me to think that I was at a point, it had been a few months since the breakup, and I was starting to feel strong again. To hear that and think, I'm so lucky that I have been allowed to be on a journey of grief and support that has led me to become a different person and a better person. To acknowledge that this sucks, and it's terrible, and I hate that I've been given this grief, but at the same time, I'm so lucky that I've been given this opportunity to grow and become a better person in myself. And I did, and I, I did become a better person from that. And that lyric just always stuck with me as a way to keep moving forward because it was an opportunity. Now let's go to the flip side. I want you to pick a positive moment in your life, a high tide moment, and tell me how Dave Matthews Band music either impacted that moment in real time or gives it context looking back on it. So the other side of the scale would probably be my relationship with my father. And I hate to take it back down to negativity, but I've got to be, I got to tell a backstory to kind of get to that positive note. Um, so I was born in 1998. I was actually born a couple of days after before these crowded streets released. So if you can imagine how happy my dad was when that released on the same week that his firstborn son came into the world. So that was probably pretty good. Um, and he was obsessed with DMB. My mom always tells me that when they met, they both loved DMB. They both had a copy of Under the Table and Dreaming and that got them talking. And... We would always listen to DMB in the car because 
My school was about an hour away from where we lived, so he would have to drive me every morning because we didn't get bus service that far out. And we would just go through these DMB CDs, you know, Folsom Field, Busted Stuff, Poor These Crowded Streets, Live at Red Rocks. He loved Live at Red Rocks. Um, that was my first introduction to DMB. I remember the moment in 2001 when he showed me the Everyday cover, like the album cover. It was the first time I saw Dave Matthews in person. I was so excited. Um, and sort of in 2004, around 2004-2005, he started to develop early-onset Alzheimer's disease, which is a disease, horrific disease, that makes you lose your memory, your ability to take care of yourself. Um, it started out slow, and then he started to forget things, and soon he wasn't able to take care of himself, so we had to put him in a nursing home around 2007 where he was for a few years before he passed away in 2012, when I was in 8th grade. And that was a really tough moment for me, to have to go through that at such a young age and step up as the oldest boy in my family. Um, so, I think the last CD that he heard from DMB was Busted Stuff, because it was 2004 where he started to get messed up and forgetting things. Um, but it was in 2017 when I was going through that first breakup when I discovered, rediscovered, I suppose, Gray Street and Don't Drink the Water. Those were two songs that I hadn't heard in, oh, I don't know, 15 years since he started to get sick. And I knew them as if I'd heard them yesterday. And I would go through all these old songs, Ants Marching, um, recently, Tripping Billies. Grace is Gone, all these songs that were in the back of my head, and I was able to create new memories from things I already knew. So the beauty of my experience with DMB is that from Stand Up On are all songs I get to make new memories with, and from pre-Stand Up On are songs that I know and I get to make new memories with. And it's just the best dualism of two things. And going back to the happy, <laughs> the best moment of my life involving the DMB song, I really got into the Lily White sessions the first time I heard them a few years ago. And I was obsessed with that bartender. I think that outro is one of the most beautiful things in music I've ever heard. And there was a night where I was in bed listening to the outro and I was kind of drumming along with it really animated with my arms and just getting into it in those private moments where we all dance and then I felt something along my back if that makes sense it was like it was like cold chills going up your spine but it felt so physical and to me that felt like my dad giving me a hug to welcome me into DMB Jesse, you are a remarkable young man. Thank you so much for opening up during these questions and sharing part of your experience, your life journey with us. I think it goes without saying that that took tremendous courage and for that I am grateful. Now what I wanna do is lighten it up a little bit and play a game that we'll play with 
future guests on the podcast. I'm going to name a song title, and you sit there and think for a couple seconds about that song, and then respond back with what that song means to you or how you interpret that song. We'll get started with my favorite song of all time, number 27. So think of the song number 27 for a moment, and then let us know what you think about the song. I've always looked at number 27 as like a Johnny Cash kind of hard song about growing older and thinking about who's going to be by you when that time comes and who are your friends, who can you really count on. It's a strength song about looking at who your companions are and who you can trust and who you want with you in the end. Okay. Next up, we're going to do one of everybody's favorites. Tell us what you think of the song, number 41. I would say 41 is one of the deepest love songs I've ever heard. It's reflective. It's looking ahead. It's everything all in one that is so powerful it doesn't even need a name that's not a number. Next song up is Every Day. Every Day to me is about motivation and rising to overcome those daily things that drag us down, maintaining a positive note and staying on our target and following our dreams. Now we'll go to a song that's a little more intense. What does the song The Last Stop mean to you? A little bit of a mix for me because The Last Stop, obviously the beginning is so rough and righteous and fighting against people you don't believe in, people you think are lying to you. And then at the end you get almost this little lullaby of peace that reprises something that's so beautiful to me. Um, so I think it has touches of strength and just hardness and then also an ending that's just beautiful and dreamlike. And finally, please share your thoughts on the song Two-Step. It's funny because I actually got an iPod a few years ago and I had it engraved on it, Life is Short but Sweet for Certain. And that was years ago when I was first getting back into DMV. Um, I think it's about celebrating life and just dancing like nobody's watching, keeping the faith, and yeah, just celebrating yourself and the people around you. So one of the things we like to do for our guests is give them an opportunity to promote whatever it is they want to promote. It could be a school, a charity, social media account, whatever it is they feel the world should know more about, that's what we want to promote. So Jesse, I'm going to turn it over to you. So I guess I got three things that I can plug. Um, first is my Insta or my Twitter, I should say. It's Exedium65, at Exedium65. It's spelled E-X-C-E-D-I-U-M-6-5. And that's where I post a lot about DMB and follow along with the DMB family more than any of my other social media. Um, and the second is my school, Westfield State University. I've been here for four years and it's been a beautiful experience of growth and learning about myself and understanding my place in the world. And I think I'd be remiss if I didn't thank them and just get the word out about this really small but beautiful university. Um, and lastly, the Boys and Girls Club of America, because I intern there and I know that 
it's a very special place just from what I've seen in my short time just interning for them and writing grants for them and just support your local Boys and Girls Club because they are doing wonderful things for children and just every community. Wow, that was that was amazing. What a great share. What a great share. Hey, Jesse, thank you for coming on. Um, you know, it took a lot of courage to be the first person interviewed for our new podcast, but I thought you had an interesting story and an interesting perspective and would be able to, to share that so that others could see how you perceive the music of the Dave Matthews Band and how it's impacted your life. So maybe they could reflect on their own life and see that we have more in common than we do apart. So thank you for that. And maybe on down the road, we can have you back on to check up on how school's going, how the grant writing's going, and maybe share a few more stories. So thanks again for coming on, Jesse. Well, that about does it for episode one of DMB On Demand, the podcast. I hope that we've connected uh, on a deeper level by sharing our stories, and hopefully you can see that we have far more in common than not through the music. That we share the soundtrack in good times and in bad, but there's a bond there, whether we see it or not. Knowing this, the next time you see a member of the DMB family, Give them a hug. Tell them you love them. If they're hurting, remind them that you've also been down before and perhaps share the song that helped you most in your time of need. On the next episode, I will dig deeper into my trauma and how the band saved my life and the history, present, and future of DMB On Demand. I'll also be having a guest on that's from Australia, which just shows how big our family truly is. And hey, you can find a short bio of Jesse and links to his social media accounts and promoted items on the episode webpage on dmbondemand.com. You can also find us on social media platforms at dmbondemand, Twitter, Facebook, YouTube, what have you. Well, thanks for stopping by and spending some time with us, and we'll talk next time.